The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two, VSIN's primetime action live from the South Point Hotel Casino. Gil Alexander, Adam Burke. In for the vacationing Matt Brown. Oh, a little work play vacation kind of thing for Mateo. Ben Wilson in for uh, Kelly Bidlin. Kelly Bidlin, rather. I forgot his name already. That is a pure pleasure vacation, is it not? Going to a wedding, huh? All pleasure. Oh, uh, who doesn't love going to a wedding? I don't. Um, let's update all the scores. What do you got here? Yes, let, let us do that. Uh, yes. co- so college basketball, March Madness upon us. A lot of conference tournament games going on. We'll start with the game that is closest to ending here. It's a sweat for young Gill. No, no, it's not. Now down, uh, well, I'm losing. This is this has become a disaster for Towson. 61-50, Delaware up on Towson. This is the 1-5 game in the CAA semifinals. Delaware looking to pull off the upset, and they're now nine and a half point live favorites. Two minutes to go, as they were five point dogs uh, closing out here. So that is the the game about to come down to the wire. We'll just update here the championship games for tonight, at least for our purposes here. There are two. Auto bids that will be determined within the next hour or so, and we could have uh, at least one potential upset brewing. One versus two in the SoCon Championship. Chattanooga, though, is a two-point favorite. Ice cold in the first half. They're down 26-16 to second-seeded Furman. The Paladins at halftime. Furman, six-and-a-half-point favorite live. 111.5 is your current total. That thing closed at 137. Repeat for everybody how many points Chattanooga scored in the first half. That would half? be a grand total of 16. Oh, my God. Full basketball points in 20 minutes. That's <laughs> brutal. Uh, in the other championship game of college basketball, Georgia State, the three seed, taking on the Cinderella of the Sun Belt, the Eurasian Cajuns of Louisiana, the eight seed. They made it to the final, but it's all Georgia State right now, 42-33 at the half. Georgia State was laying three and a half. They are now laying more than three and a half. They are laying nine and a half for the game. One forty-five and a half uh, is your total. Three games in action in the NBA right now: Sixers and Bulls. Good, uh, good matchup in the East, where the Sixers are up fifty-four forty-seven late first half. Philadelphia went off laying seven and a half. They're now laying nine and a half live. Two thirty-five and a half your total. Hawks up fifty to forty-seven in Detroit on the Pistons late first half there as well. Hawks now minus seven and a half live after going off. At that same number, 227.5 your total. And the Rockets out in front of the Heat, Adam, I think you identified that as a potential letdown spot for Miami, laying 17 that went spot. off at. 17. Miami is still laying 9.5 live. They're down 8, 30-22 to 22 at home late first quarter there with your total now 229.5. The other pregame movement here, LeBron James ruled out of the Lakers-Spurs game tonight in San Antonio. That tips in about a half hour. Spurs have gone from a 2.5 or 3-point favorite up to minus 6 
uh, in that game. Meanwhile, a couple of games in action on the ice in the NHL. Panthers up on the Sabres, one nothing early second period. Panthers minus 700 live, 4-1 to one if you want Buffalo, 5.5 your total. Maple Leafs up 3 nothing after 1 in Columbus on the Blue Jackets. Columbus 10-1 to one live, minus 4,000 on Toronto, 7.5 is your total. Kings and Bruins all tied at 1 after 1 period. Bruins minus 195 live, Kings plus 145, 6 is your total. And we're mid-first period in New York. Islanders won Avalanche nothing. Avalanche still the way, minus 140 live favorite. Islanders plus 105 and 5.5 is your total there. Let me just tell you what happened to Towson. Towson was down 9 with the ball. So I'm catching 5.5. Looked like, hey, this could work out. So wide open 3, the... Uh, the guy jumped, sort of jumped up, but kept his plant foot on the ground like he decided halfway through his motion that he was not going to shoot it. So he kept his plant foot on the ground and, and changed the shot to a dribble for no reason whatsoever. He passes it to, to his teammate, who comes in for the tomahawk jam, misses the jam. The ball bounces high in the air, breakaway cherry, you know, breakaway layup for Delaware. Loser video. We're going to preempt it. Loser video with one with 126 to go. Yeah, 126 <laughs> left. I'm down 11. Unless he makes this three, which he does not. I like the preemptive unless certain things happen. <laughs> but right. I'm hanging on by a thread, yeah, and now not anymore. I'm going to lose that. That's three. probably okay. The three was halfway down, too. There was a three right, right before this that was halfway down, too. Yeah. Sometimes you're just not meant to win. And that would probably be the end of all D.C. basketball teams' hopes of being in the tournament. Am I forgetting somebody? I don't think I am. I think Towson was the last hope. No Georgetown, no Maryland, no GW, no George Mason. No. Hampton is, is, I mean, now we're getting outside of the realm. They could make a run in the MEAC or Howard. Yeah, that's not right. Howard would be. Howard would be. Maybe. Hampton would not be D.C., though. But Howard would be. Uh, I'll tell you who's not. The, uh, the Longwood Lancers from Farmville, Virginia. That does not count. As a DC Isn't that state. a Facebook game, Farmville? <laughs> Farm, was it? Is it? Aren't they? I, I there's there's yeah. actually a slot machine out around yeah. here somewhere too. It's a Farmville slot machine. Yeah. I only bring it up because now with the Washington Commanders proposing all these new sites that essentially take them halfway into to Virginia. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Don't remind me. Uh, so Adam, you wrote a great piece. First of all, Adam Burke, ladies and gentlemen, from Matt Brown. Adam uh, not only writes the greatest baseball previews you'll ever see, but also writes. Uh, gonna, is, is writing every single March Madness team preview for the upcoming Big Dance. So you're working on that right now. But that doesn't stop you from writing other pieces for VEASAN.com, for Point Spread Weekly. And uh, you riffed off a Todd Wish to have appearance on a numbers game from last week. He was also on the show this morning. And you wrote a piece about that. I was curious. We probably should, probably should bring that up for in-game betters. Yeah, so actually, one of the things, if you subscribe to either newsletter over at vcin.com, now I've moved the Burke's betting blurbs from the subscriber one to the free daily email. Uh, but I have a lot of times, you know, listeners reach out, they'll hear something on the show, they'll want some clarification about it, they'll want my opinion on something that's going on, something like that. And a listener over the weekend reached out to me about the segment that you had with Todd Wishnev on Friday, talking about looking for in-game college basketball betting opportunities, whether it's in-game during the first half or a halftime opportunity. And Todd talked about how he has a formula, a shortcut, to calculate the number of possessions that have taken place in a game. So what that shortcut is, it's field goal attempts plus free throw attempts, but you cut the free throw attempts in half, so you multiply it by 0.5, 
and then you also add turnovers minus offensive rebounds. That's how you come up with how many possessions there are in the game. And to that point, you can read about this over at vston.com. It is posted for free over there at the website. But, you know, I was actually looking at one here for the first half of South Dakota and South Dakota State, where this was a game in the first half that had 85 points. South Dakota State was up 55 to 30. Now, this total got bet down six points today in the market. It went from 157 down to 151. Obviously, 85 points at halftime, trending way, way, way over. But this was a game that only had 32 possessions to it in the first half. But South Dakota State shot 69% from the field in the first half, which is kind of what they do. They're an elite offensive team. But I presume, I don't want to put words or bets in Todd's mouth, but I would think that he would go in and look at that box score and say, okay, this game is trending at a very high rate for the pace that it's being played at. Mm -hmm. So my guess is he probably went in and bet a second half under. Also, with it being a blowout, you kind of avoid the foul fest at the end of the game and all of that. So you can find these opportunities where either a game is trending too high because of the pace, maybe the pace is trending higher than what was expected, or you have a situation like this where South Dakota State just shot 70% in the first half, probably not going to continue in the second half. So that's what the reader asked about and what Todd talked about on Friday show. I know you guys touched on it a little bit this morning as well. Yeah, so what you're talking about, that little hack formula, is one thing. Again, people should check it out at vsin.com. Burke's betting blurbs. I love that. Nice alliteration on that. So that is, it, it, there's so much that goes into it. So, so essentially what the whole point of it is, is to very quickly try to get an assessment of whether the game is unsustainably overpaced or unsustainably underpaced. Uh, that's essentially what you're trying to hack into quickly and see if it triggers a bet. And there's, as you know, Adam, and I'm, I'm not saying anything, you know, th- that that most people don't know. But there will be some that are that are sort of newer to sports betting who are like, okay, well, w- maybe flesh that out a little more. There's so much that goes into it, also beyond just sort of coming up with that, which is, you know, you you hit on it. Is the, is it a is it a blowout of 20 points? Is it an eight point game? Because that will determine whether or not there'll be a foul fest at the end. Also. Are the teams in the bonus early? Are they flirting with being in the bonus early? Are they not even close to being in the bonus early? Right? Those things matter. Todd also pointed out this morning that even in blowouts, you have to sort of ascertain home teams tend to not quit when they're down big. Right? So, and, and, and the team that's way ahead sometimes can tend to get sloppy and, and um, you know, they could stall as well in, in that respect. There's so many little things you just sort of have to, to, to keep in mind. One of the things that he and I were talking about yesterday, actually, was something when, when I'm betting totals, whether it's in-game or pre-flop, and I don't know if you do this as well, but I assume most people who bet totals do this, is you just sort of keep in your head a, a calculation of, okay, if the total is, let's just come up with a nice even number, if the total is 150, right, and it's not going to be 75-75. It should be 70 in the first half, 80 in the second half, given what happens at the end of games or, or thereabouts. But in your head, you're always wanting at, at the four-minute mark, at the eight-minute mark, 12, maybe even the 10-minute mark because it's an easy calculation, 12-minute mark, 16-minute mark. You're always doing the math of the pace that you're on, keeping in mind all those other things we were talking about. So if it were only that easy, like just keep it at pace. But all those other things come into the alchemy of it. Um, I think it's just lots of things to keep in, in mind when you're, when you're betting on this stuff. 
Oh, you know, teams that tend to be over teams typically don't put together two consecutive under halves, vice versa. Traditionally, under teams don't, you know, don't don't tend to put together two consecutive over halves. Um, by the way, I guess we can go out with my loser video officially here. Towson down 15 with 25.6 seconds left. Loser video for Young Gill on the end game plus five and a half. On the Towson Tigers, who fall into the ocean. Hey, loser. And I lose my bet. There you go. Congratulations to uh, Delaware. They will advance there in the Colonial Athletics. Somewhere Joe Flacco is celebrating. That's right. <laughs> Somewhere very, he is. Very loudly, I'm sure. The two uh, auto bids on the line. Sunbelt Championship, Georgia State up eight on Louisiana Lafayette. 17 2 left in that one. And uh, Furman up three now only on Chattanooga. Uh, in the Southern Championship. That one, nip and tuck now. We'll keep an eye on both. Uh, We'll come back. We will look at who will take the first snaps for a couple NFL teams and some ACC tournament odds next on VEASAN's Primetime Action. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime, live from the South Point. Skill, Adam, and Ben tonight from the primetime action set. Adam, you uh, you wanted to add something, or one more thing about the uh, the discussion we were having last segment. Yeah, I think something that's important to point out, and, and Todd talked about this on Friday, and I'm sure you guys talked about it during his segments, that live betting, right? The lines for live betting. They're very formulaic. They're based on the math. They're based on the preflop total, you know, the expectation of how the game is going to be played and all of that. The advantage for us on the other side of the counter is that we can 
you know, use all of those variables that you and I talked about. You know, did they get to the bonus early? Is there a key player that's in foul trouble? You know, is there a team that's absolutely shooting the lights out where it's probably not going to continue? Something like that. So that is something to keep in mind with live betting is that, you know, it, it's not like they're watching all of these games and adjusting the lines as developments are taking place in these games. It's a, it's, you know, it's largely a computer model. You know, it's, it's a very algorithmic type of thing. So that's where some of the opportunities come into play is that if you are watching the game and you pick up on something or you realize that somebody's hurt, somebody's in foul trouble, whatever the case may be, the live betting line is not going to reflect that in most cases. So that's something you want to keep in mind as well when it comes to live betting. Yeah, like the counter to the live the counter to live betting is always the straddle is bigger typically than in than on preflop. I'm sure there's some outlying books where it's not the case, but yes, the straddle is typically bigger. And the counter to that counter would be uh, I'll, I'll just sort of mimic one of the gentlemen Anthony Red who's out here at the South when he goes, "I'll pay the extra for that advantage for all the advantages and all the things that you get to know from uh, from in game." So it, it's just again another. Uh, a, a way to bet that at this time of year is is that much more crystal clear in people's minds because people are tending to bet these college basketball games during conference weeks and March Madness, perhaps uh, more rampantly, let's say more casual bettors doing so these days. Uh, what about some of these? So, so we talked about there's two conference championships that uh, determine auto bids tonight, Adam, and that, of course, uh, include or that, that of course the Sun Belt and the, and the Southern tonight. By the way, Chattanooga now leading yes. that game, thirteen to two run to start. Thirteen the second points half. in six minutes after sixteen in twenty minutes to start the game. What a barn burner! Twenty nine, twenty eight, fourteen oh eight left. Chattanooga two for fourteen from three. That good? Not good. Uh, by the way, I was just looking at the uh, the thousand numbers. By the way, thousand seventeen of fifty four field goals tonight. It's not very good. I'm told. That's how you lose by double digits. Yes. Tomorrow night, the eight, so so in addition to the Southern and the Sun Belt playing their championship games tonight, we have the the uh, Colonial Athletic Semis, which of course Towson just lost, and the Horizon Semis, the Summit Semis, and the uh, West Coast Conference Semis tonight. So Gonzaga and St. Mary's finally in action after the triple bye in the West Coast Conference tomorrow. Adam, these conference tournaments tip off ACC Big West out here at the Dollar Loan Center Arena in Henderson. Conference USA, Metro Atlantic, the WAC, the Atlantic's, uh, okay, and the WAC, those all tip off. But tomorrow we have six championship games, six automatic bids determined in the Atlantic Sun, Colonial, Horizon, Northeast, Summit, and West Coast Conference, which we assume Gonzaga will be in. Do you know what they say about assuming? You see this kid, Jalen Williams, who plays for Santa Clara? Man, is he good. Then on Wednesday... Still tournaments that have not started yet will start. Atlantic 10, Big 12, Big East, Big Sky, Big 10, Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, Mountain West, Pac-12, SEC, Southland, and SWAC. And the Patriot League will have their championship that night as well. What a, what a week. So great. So, Adam, we've been throwing around the ACC market more than any of the other big conference tournament markets. And the reason for this is, obviously, on the heels of Duke and North Carolina, North Carolina's double-digit win over Duke on Saturday. It's a beautiful thing. A win for America. Duke is minus 130 to win the ACC tournament. And since that day, you've heard a lot of sort of, well, that might be the best thing that happened to Duke because not only they get beat at home, they get crushed by their arch rival. Coach K was mad at the end of that game. This is going to refocus the Blue Devils. Minus 130 in the ACC tournament, which we had Tim Murray in last week. He's like, who's going to beat them? 
Where do you stand on this? Is it still is it a bet you're willing to make? A bet I'm willing to make? No, but I do think Duke ultimately wins this tournament because exactly for the reason that Tim Murray said, who's going to beat them? You know, I mean, I know that North Carolina beat them in that regular season finale, but North Carolina now with that win, they're the three seeds. So they have to play Notre Dame. They may have to play probably Virginia, which is, you know, no easy task. I know Virginia hasn't had that great of a year, but it's tough to play Virginia because if you don't shoot well in a limited possession game, Mm -hmm. that's a big time problem for you. You know, Virginia Tech is the third favorite in this conference tournament. They're the number seven seed. They would wind up playing Notre Dame in the quarterfinals <laughs> if they're able to beat the winner of Clemson and North Carolina State. So, you know, look, first of all, you've got a, a seven seed who's the third favorite. You've got Wake Forest and Miami in that 4-5 game where I think both of those teams are pretty talented, but one of them is going to knock the other one out in advance of playing Duke, a Duke team that's probably not super happy with how the regular season ended up. It's very hard for me to find any sort of futures value, any kind of price I like in this conference tournament here. And I don't really like to bet, you know, Duke at minus 130. And this is a situation, too, where you talk about the difference between a money line rollover and playing a futures price. If you just played a money line rollover on Duke, you'll probably get them even money ish as opposed to laying the minus 130. Probably not worth it in this instance. But, you know, look, I mean, I don't see anybody that I would I would want to take to go against them, especially when you consider what was that line with Duke and North Carolina over the weekend? 11, yeah. 11 and a half. Mm-hmm. So in the championship game, Duke is at least an eight and a half, nine point favorite over anybody else. It's very hard to hedge a future when all of a sudden you've got to lay, you know, minus 500 on the other side of it. So I just don't think there's much equity in this tournament. And I think Duke, you know, should want to win it and get Coach K an extra piece of hardware. They should want to. That is for sure. Um, by the way, Joe Lenardi has five teams from the Atlantic Coast Conference currently in the big dance. He has, I believe it's, uh, let me get this right, I don't want to make it up. He has uh, Virginia Tech as one of the first four out and Virginia as one of the next four out currently. So both Vatech and UVA, uh, the Who's, according to Lenardi anyway, better make themselves a good little run here in the ACC tournament. Is there another conference tournament that is yet to begin that you, you like a futures play on? Yeah, you know, I I tend to look at a lot of the small conferences. Those are the ones that I really like to look at. I I don't really necessarily concern myself too much with the big ones, which I know sounds counterintuitive because that's what everyone else wants to do. Uh, But for me, you know, I always look to find more value in these conference tournaments that are kind of down the board a little bit. And I think the Conference USA Conference Tournament is really, really interesting here because you've got some very good teams in this league, and the two best teams are on opposite sides of the bracket in North Texas and UAB. And I do think one of those two teams ultimately wins the conference tournament. But I look at a team like Middle Tennessee, who's in the bottom of the bracket, right? You've got Louisiana Tech in the top half. You've got North Texas. You've got a Western Kentucky team that's pretty decent. In the bottom, you really only have UAB. That's the only team that I think presents a big challenge for Middle Tennessee in terms of getting to the championship game where they'd be a live dog. They'd probably be about a five-and-a-half, six-point dog if they faced North Texas, somebody like that. So I think Middle Tennessee at 10 to 1, because their path is easier. You know, UAB is the favorite here because of the strength of the top of the bracket where North Texas is, having to play Louisiana Tech or Western Kentucky, something like that. 
So to me, I think it's a situation in Conference USA. And, and by the way, this conference tournament is strange. They Very play strange. simultaneous games. Yes. Divided by a net. It looks like an AAU tournament. <laughs> it's in the Dallas Cowboys practice facility. Yes, divided it, by it's, a net. It's absurd. Yeah. I mean, this conference tournament is crazy. We've seen a lot of crazy things happen in it. But, you know, again, you, you have to look at the draw and you have to sort of think of how this is going to play itself out. And to me, I think Middle Tennessee State, because they've got a game against UAB, who I think they can beat, and then they would be in the conference championship game. I think at 10 to 1, with only one really big test before the final, I think that's kind of worth an investment. Yeah, it is a I'm looking at the bracket right now. It is a it is a fascinating looking hodgepodge gill is the best way you can describe it. A hodgepodge. Divisional seedings, yes. Yes. And they told they changed it after it was what, 2018? Middle Tennessee was gonna be about a like an eleven seed. Lost in the f- first round to Southern Miss in overtime as like an 18-point favorite, and they 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 changed it now to the double you know, double buy format. Bi. Yeah, but yes, when you have simultaneous uh, AAU basketball determining a potential auto bid, it is you are bound to have weird things happen. So so let me get this straight: UAB, who is eight and ten in conference, has a double buy, and is a plus 155 short shot to win this. They get all that right. There's there's a lot happening in this conference tournament. It's it's one of those things. You know, they also did like a variable schedule during the season mm-hmm. where they kind of had teams that were sort of around each other in the standings, kind of put together. Uh, there's just a lot going on. UAB 14 and four in conference play, 24 and seven overall. North Texas is the best team in this league. Where the problem? I, where did I get eight and ten from? What am I looking at? Oh, oh I, I see. I <laughs> I see what I did. Never mind. My my bad. I was looking at the women's uh, thing that just came up. Okay. It's a mistake to me. I'm yeah. sure that tournament's as much of a no. A no, mess the as bracket was. was the men's. I'm saying the, the the standings I was looking was the women's. My my bad. But the thing about North Texas is they play at a glacial pace. Do you believe it, that because of that? Because when I ask people, on uh, anecdotally, North Texas a giant killer potential in March Madness. Do you believe that? I think so, but I don't even know if they get out of their own tournament. Yeah, that's the hard part. You know, when you play at a slow pace like this, you have decreased margin for error. And you could get tripped up if you have a really bad shooting night. All right. We'll see it. Very strange, Brad. A lot of these brackets are funky now with these uh, with these conference tournaments. Coming back, who'll take the first snap with the Bucks next year? Who'll take the first snap with the Stillers? And look at that. You can bet on it. Coming back on VEASAN's Primetime Action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college basketball season is in full swing, in case you haven't noticed. Grab a five-hour energy to stay alert to watch all your favorite games, or if you stayed up late to see that intense overtime game, take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize your day with zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from with flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, and more. There's a flavor for everyone. Get a five-hour energy today. Gil Alexander, Adam Burke in for Matt Brown, Ben Wilson in for uh, Kelly Bidlin. Adam, we buried the headlines. You have some college basketball pre-flop plays? I don't know if we buried the headline, uh, but I do have a couple of college basketball plays tonight. Uh, one in the West Coast Conference, Santa Clara and St. Mary's. First half over 65 in this one. We talked about the importance of pace, and we talked about it in terms of in-game betting. But when I was handicapping this game, the only two games for St. Mary's that were played to a higher number of possessions than their two games against Santa Clara were the regular season finale against Gonzaga, which they won, and the second game against San Francisco. Santa Clara, 23rd in adjusted tempo, according to Bart Torvik. St. Mary's, 332nd. 
So this is a pace war game. But in the two meetings, Santa Clara did speed St. Mary's up a little bit. The first half totals in the first two games, 67 and 69. So I feel like for St. Mary's, kind of coming off the shelf, shaking off the rust, maybe they get caught up in the excitement, get caught up and play at Santa Clara's pace. So I like the first half over 65 in that one. And the other one, North Dakota State and Oral Roberts in the Summit League, the other of the two games here tonight. The only team in the Summit League to hold Oral Roberts under a point per possession in a game, North Dakota State, who did it twice. So like North Dakota State here laying the one and a half, they've been the only team to solve that Oral Roberts offense. And also, to the Bison, 77% team at the free throw line. So that's a team that can finish the game off if they have the lead late, as I anticipate. So North Dakota State minus one and a half, and then the first half over in Santa Clara and St. Mary's. Very nice. And I need Julie Neumeyer to uh, close out. Right. Neymar to close out a money line parlay. <laughs> Jay <Dennis>. Neymar, <laughs> Indian Wells. Julie Neymar, Indian Wells qualies. Ben, tell everybody because I, I like like getting people pumped for uh, conference week here. Tell everybody what games, what conferences you're doing play by play on. Uh, whack this year for me. So that starts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. ESPN Plus. I have a mixture of women's and men's games, but uh, I'll be doing one of the men's quarterfinal games on Wednesday, actually Thursday, and then one of the semis. Likely the uh, New Mexico State Grand Canyon game. That would be the projected 1-4 matchup uh, Friday night for uh, at the Orleans Arena, your favorite venue in Las Vegas. It was at the Orleans on Thursday. <laughs> yes. A little USD so that's a, pepper. And that is, we'll t- I know we'll talk about these smaller conference tournaments later here. because uh, We'll do some first quarterback uh, odds right now. But yes. that has the potential to be one of the more wacky and fun conference tournaments. Lot of see, lot of good teams. I see what you did. Just do you know what you just did? <laughs> I do know what I just did. Uh-huh. See what he did? Wacky. I like it. I'm a I'm a wordsmith. You are self-professed. You're a wordsmith. Nuga by five over Furman, forty to thirty-five. What did we determine there? They're outscoring him here. Here, twenty-four to nine now. It's only after Furman just hit a three. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, it was twenty-four to six a second ago. Nuga. Uh oh. Here comes Furman though. Um, tight game there in the uh, SoCon Championship. Georgia State, meanwhile, seven-point lead over Louisiana in the Sun Belt Championship. 9.52 left in that one. All right, uh, odds to take the first snap. By the way, the Orleans, you just drive right up to the front row, roll up into there. That's oh, phenomenal experience. Go, go. Again. Yeah, I could go tonight. I'll wait for the Big West on Thursday at the Dollar Loan Center Arena in Henderson. Can't wait for that. All right, odds to take. First snaps in the NFL. These are bettable. How about the Buccaneers? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know if you know this, Adam, but uh, Tom Brady no longer in the fold. This just I hadn't heard that. Yeah. So Kyle Trask is on the roster. He is the short shot at three to one because he's on the team. Jimmy Garoppolo. Now after this, it's just kind of a a smattering of random NFL quarterbacks. And I guess it's up to you to, to you to determine who you think is going to end up in Tampa Bay. Free agency here almost upon us. Jimmy G plus five fifty. Carson Wentz plus 650. Any other rookie quarterback, or any rookie quarterback, plus 750. Blaine Gabbert, also rostered, plus 750. Teddy Bridgewater's 9 to 1. Trubisky's 10 to 1. Fitzpatrick is 10 to 1. It's literally every name you could possibly come up with. Marcus Mariota, 12 to 1. Gardner Minshew at 12 to 1. I threw out Deshaun Watson the other night as. The thing about it is you just don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to be ready for a first nap anywhere, though. But Bruce Arians seems to me like a guy who would want to have Deshaun Watson in the fold. Anyway, is there a bet here at all? Um, <laughs> That's a really good question because— So random. You know, well, one of the things that I think we kind of talked about a little bit is 
do, do the Buccaneers want to add to this roster, right? I mean, you're kind of staring at a rebuild situation now. I know that you, the core of your roster is kind of a win-now type of thing, but now that you no longer have Tom Brady, do any of those guys help you win now? They help you compete now, but do they help you win now? I, I don't really know if that's necessarily uh, you know, uh, an answer for any of them. I feel like at this point in time, if you're the Buccaneers, you just go ahead and find out what you have in Kyle Trask. The, at least publicly, they've said all the things about, we're, we're happy with Trask and Gabbard, right? That's Bruce Arians' sort of company line. But I'm, I'm with you. If you're, if you're, let's just say you're Chris Godwin, you getting jazzed up by any of these options? I don't think you are. Maybe maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick? <laughs> but, I, mean, well, I, I will say this. What? Honestly, I w- uh, Gardner Minshew is a really interesting quarterback yeah. to me. With, with the wide receiver group that that team has, and they got a pretty good tight end play, even if Gronk doesn't come back. Fournette was such a great weapon as a pass catcher. Gardner Minshew, I mean, the Buccaneers probably win the division with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. This honestly went from looking like it was going to be the most awesome offseason of quarterbacks. Like, oh, is Aaron Rodgers going to leave the Packers? Oh, is Russell Wilson going to leave the Seahawks? Where's Deshaun Watson going? To literally, like, the teams that are in need of a quarterback having to choose between Jimmy G, Carson Wentz, Mitch Trubisky and whoever else, Marcus Mariota at all. I don't think there's a bet here. I mean, Trask probably is the right short shot, three to one, but I'm not making that bet. No, I'm not making that bet either. I certainly wouldn't tie my money up for for that long amount of time for a three to one shot where the reality is they, they could do anything. You know, I mean, like we said, their core group is kind of built to win right now. If they feel like they can... You know, I mean, that division's awful, as we've talked about already. Mm-hmm. You, know, you get you get into the playoffs and anything can happen. I mean, I don't know if Kyle Trask gets you there, but maybe some of those other names do. Here's the interesting one, and uh, I believe we talked to this one down. So odds to take the Steelers, the Steelers' first snap. Mason Rudolph, rostered, plus 250. Any rookie quarterback was plus 750. We talked it up last week on the show here on Primetime Action. It's now 4-1. to one. Dwayne Haskins also on the team last year, six to one. Then it's the who's who, right? Jameis plus eight fifty. Josh Dobbs, huh. Steeler of past, nine to one. Jimmy G nine to one. Mitch Trubisky ten to one. Deshaun shows up on this list, ten to one. Russell Wilson eleven to one. Carson Wentz twelve to one. Now any rookie quarterback here, I don't know if I'd played at four to one, but I sure loved it at seven to one or plus seven fifty, whatever it was when we talked about it last week. Because the difference here between the Steelers and the Buccaneers is that the Buccaneers at least publicly they're saying, oh, Trask, Gabbert, we're cool with it. Because they haven't seen what they've, had, what they've gotten with Trask. With the Steelers, we know exactly what we have with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. And it ain't good. And so any rookie quarterback was a pretty fat little price at plus 750. I'm, I'm still not so sure that that's not going to be the answer in the end. But they'll try to land a free agent. I mean, we're going to know more, obviously, with free agency prior to the draft. But right now, if you're taking a blind stab at it, I think any rookie quarterback was definitely the bet to make. Now, I don't know so much if I'd make it. You know what? I sort of wonder here, and you know, Eric Eager talked about this earlier on in the show, that it looks like Pittsburgh may even be interested in trading up to get Malik Willis, right? Can you start Malik Willis on day one in the NFL? You cannot. Coming out of Liberty, you know, having no protection whatsoever like he had last year, kind of has to learn the position a little bit more. What about, you know, does Teddy Bridgewater take a one-year deal? To, to not only start for this team, but also kind of mentor the young quarterback in Malik Willis. 
I mean, is is that a possibility? I mean, you, I think you have to bring – if you're going to take Willis that early, right, mm-hmm. I think you have to sign a mentor for him. So I don't think Mason Rudolph is the guy that gets the first start for you, the first snap. It's not going to be Dwayne Haskins. It won't be Josh Dobbs. Maybe Jameis Winston trying to rebuild his value coming off the major injury. But I think they want want somebody there who Willis could just kind of study under for five weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks, twelve, whatever the case may be. Here, so I don't even know if if the, the right guy is on this list. Here's here's a non-betting fan question, which I brought up last week. If you're a fan of a team that is desperately in need of a quarterback, Washi- the Washingtons of the world, and let's say Russell Wilson staying in Seattle, Aaron Rodgers, it looks like, staying in Green Bay, you don't get the pie in the sky, guys. You don't get Deshaun Watson either. Of the remaining options in free agency, like what would juice you up the most? Like what would be the most exciting? Does Do any of these guys perky up at all? I guess, I mean, would it be fair to say the guy with the highest ceiling is Jameis Winston? Yeah, I said Mariota. And also probably the lowest floor. I said begrudgingly, I said Mariota. I'm like, because that's what that's yeah. what it comes down to. It's sort of like, I guess Mariota, because he might win you a game or two. Maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's not a bad one. I mean, I know I, I've seen some people kind of out there with the Browns if they decide that they want to move on from Baker Mayfield using Mariota as a stopgap. Yeah. Could be Baker Mayfield's final year in Cleveland. We shall see about that. Certainly the uh, year that will determine much of his future, whether it's in Cleveland or elsewhere, certainly contract-wise as well. We'll come back. How about the beautiful game of soccer? Champions League, round of 16, second legs. Paul Carr next. Primetime action. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Join the College Hoops action for free with the March Mania Survivor presented by KFC. Pick winning teams throughout the tournament to outlast the competition and feast on your share of $30,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash KFC March Mania. That's KFC hyphen March hyphen Mania. Now to play free for your cut of the cash. KFC, it is finger licking good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You an original KFC guy? I like the Famous Bowl. Famous Bowl? Famous Bowl. What is that? Uh, it's popcorn chicken, uh-huh. mashed potatoes and corn, Yeah, covered in gravy. <laughs> Very healthy. Very <laughs> Man, healthy. Sounds great. Let's give me the old standard original bucket of chicken. I'll go to town on that thing. Oh, man, that sounds good. Oh, sorry. I forgot we were on air. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk some uh, Champions League with our buddy from True Media Networks, just uh, fresh off the combine as well. It's Paul Carr. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing very well. I survived. I did not have to run a 40, so it was a very successful combine. Well, so what, what's the big takeaway from that? Just the the outlandish speed displayed by everybody? Is that sort of the macro thing? I think so. I mean, from a kind of behind-the-scenes standpoint, my big takeaway is that nobody wants it to leave Indy. You know, they're talking about moving it to Dallas or L.A., but Indy is so compact, and everything's you know, there with hotels and conference rooms and the obviously the, the combine itself. And it's so easy to get around with skywalks and everything. If you go to L.A. or Dallas, like everything's going to be spread out. It's going to be harder to get everything done. So just from out of a business standpoint, everyone we talk to doesn't want it to go anywhere else. There you go. There's a good little PSA for the city of Indianapolis. A little, uh, little yeah. shout-out. All right, so Champions League – Round of 16, leg two. For the primarily American audience that are listening to us right now, some are into this. Some need sort of a a sort of little thumbnail preview to all this. So it's round of 16, leg two. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Back in the day, not even back in the day, like moments ago when you and I used to talk about this, it seems, we talked about how there was an away goals tiebreaker where if the game was on was level on aggregate, follow me now, <laughs> after 90 minutes of the second leg, 30 minutes of extra time, now they would play that if necessary? Explain to people what I'm talking about. You'll do yep. better than I will. Yeah, so I think in the long run it's simpler, but it's going to take some mental gymnastics to adjust the change. So before... Well, last summer, they abolished the away goals rule. It's the short version. So now these two legs, it's just aggregate score. Most goals win, uh, regardless of where you score the goals. And if it's still tied after 90 minutes of the second leg, they'll play 30 minutes of extra time. If that's still tied, they go to penalties. So it's it's simpler now. It's just different than anybody who's been raised on European soccer in these knockout series uh, has been used to over the last you know, 40, 50 years. So the, the gambling implication of that, or just the strategy implication is, uh, yeah. if a team wins uh, the first game 2-1 to one on the road and they're trailing the second game 1-0, to nothing, they could just sort of chill out, right? Because they're like, we got right. two away goals. What do we care? Right. Not so much now. Not or so much you now. Look at, look at, say, Real Madrid-PSG, where PSG won 1-0 at home. If they knew before, if they go out and get a road goal, Real Madrid's got to score three, and that game's pretty much over. Now if PSG gets a road goal, Real Madrid still only needs two to tie it, at least. So it it doesn't, in some cases, it may not end a series uh, quite as quickly as it might have otherwise by getting that decisive road goal. All right, so let's do all four of these. There's two tomorrow. 
uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, and then there's two more on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. So the first one tomorrow, uh, Salzburg and Bayern Munich. They're actually concurrent, so it doesn't. They're, they're both both of the games tomorrow. We'll talk we'll talk about this one first. Bayern Munich is a large favorite, minus 525. The draw is seven to one. They drew. They they were one to one the first game. Where are you going here? Yeah. So if Bayern doesn't advance, it's going to be one of the upsets. I mean, an all-time upset. And I think they're around minus 1,200 to advance. So that tells you what we're looking at uh, from that perspective. Salzburg played, I think, a little better than everyone expected, especially defensively in the first leg. They were kind of hanging on for the last half hour before they gave up a 90th-minute equalizer to Bayern. Uh, And I guess let's start with what we know. We know Bayern's going to score a goal. They've scored every home game for over two years. So they're going to get a goal. And so for me, from a, a totals, or in this case, that both teams to score standpoint, it's is Salzburg going to get a goal? And I think they will. Bayern's defense has been really leaky the last month or so, giving up a lot of counterattacking goals. And counterattacking is what Salzburg does you know, just about as well as anybody. They did it against Bayern in the first leg. Uh, just real quick passes once they get the ball and get their shots off. So I think they're going to get a goal. So because of that, I'm going to play both teams to score uh, at minus 125. You get a slightly better price than just taking Salzburg, you know, over half a goal. I'll play both teams to score minus 125 in this one. Both teams to score minus 125. Okay, same time as that tomorrow. Uh, Liverpool against Internazionale, Inter Milan. Just wanted to say that, Paul. Sorry. Liverpool. Nice. Liverpool, nice. Liverpool won the first. <laughs> Liverpool won the first one two nil. Uh, so they are in the driver's seat. What do you got here? Yeah, so this is another one. This is where the aggregate thing gets weird a little bit uh, because Liverpool doesn't have to win this game. They A draw, they're through. A one-goal loss, and they're through. Uh, so that's where this is where sometimes the lines look a little wacky. Like I, you would probably have Liverpool at like a minus 200 to win this normally, and it's minus 170 here. I still like it, uh, among other bets in this game. I like Liverpool, just the regular win, minus 175, I think is what I played it at. You might be able to find it a little bit better. Uh they're just significantly better than Inter. We saw it in the first leg. Inter, that was their chance to snatch a goal away and maybe sneak out with a win or a draw. Uh, they couldn't get it done. Liverpool has been just about perfect at home this season. They've won 17 of 22 home games. And you know the draws, it was City and Chelsea and you know a couple other ones where they outshoot a team by 20 or something like that. Uh, so I, I like Liverpool to win this. I like them to come out strong and win the first half as well, plus 115 or so. And I think we're going to get some goals because Inter's got to open up to try and get a couple, and that's going to let Liverpool have more chances. So I like the over, Liverpool to win, Liverpool to win the first half here. Okay. Uh, Wednesday, Real Madrid, PSG, Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, but as the kids call it, PSG. PSG won the first, like, 1-0. Yep. Where are your bets? This is Wednesday now, 3 p.m. Eastern, yeah. 12 noon Pacific. So one thing to keep in mind, Real Madrid will not have Casemiro. He's injured in their midfield. Tony Cruz is up in the air in the midfield, but either way, he probably won't be a hundred percent. So that's a problem for Real Madrid. Uh, in the first leg, they did nothing. They had three shots and that was it. And PSG had 21 shots, I think, and didn't score until the very end uh, to get the win. So I'm trying to figure out how this game is going to play out. And I think it's, you know, it has the potential, of course, to be an offensive showcase with Benzema and Vinicius Jr. on Real Madrid and Messi and Neymar uh, and Mbappe probably on PSG. But I think this one's going to be tight. I think it's going to play like a final because I think, you know, let's say PSG gets the first goal. Yeah, they're up 2-0, but Real Madrid's just going to try and 
you try and find that equalizer, but PSG is probably still going to dominate the game. It's going to be a struggle. Madrid gets that first goal. They'll probably camp or close up shop and try to get to penalties. So I think it's going to be tight. Uh, I like the under. You get a little bit of plus money on that, plus 115 is what I got. And I think the draw has some real appeal because, like I said, either team scores first. The other team is really going to want a goal to get comfortable, at least have a shot at things. And But I think both sides are going to kind of muck it up. So I expect kind of a low-scoring game. I like the draw. You know, I think 1-1 is a real possibility. Maybe it does get a little more out of hand, ends up 2-2. Uh, so those are my two plays there, the draw, plus 265, and under 2.5 a little bit. I think yeah, it was plus 150. Taking a flyer on the draw there, plus 265. Yeah. I always shop around for these. And then yep. finally, Man City from the uh, Premier League and then Sporting CP from the Primera Liga in Portugal. No drama in this leg. Uh, because Man City won the first one 5-0 in Portugal. Jeez. So, uh, yeah, there's there's not a lot of what's going to happen as far as who's advancing, which is why we bet on these things, right? Uh, so I think we're going to see a lot. It's going to look a lot like the first leg. City may not have the aggression to go forward as much, but there's a pretty good uh, example of what City is going to do, I think, in last year. They beat Gladbach 2-0 on the road in the first leg in the round of 16. And the second leg, they came out, scored a couple goals early, and then just shut Gladbach down. They huddled to six shots over the game. Gladbach never had a chance uh, to do anything. So I think we're going to see something similar here where City, they'll get a goal or two and then just, you know, kick the ball around and not let Sporting do anything. So I like Man City win to nil. You can get that at minus 150. Uh, that's my play for Man City Sporting. Okay, let's run them back. Um, Liverpool, first half, uh, plus 115 over Inter Milan. Liverpool minus 175 over Inter Milan. Liverpool, Inter Milan over 2.5, minus 145. That's on Wednesday. Tuesday, Bayern Munich against FC Salzburg. Both teams have scored minus 125. Uh, also on Tuesday, PSG and Real Madrid under 2.5. Also the draw. Oh, that's Wednesday. I'm sorry. Was that Wednesday or yeah. Tuesday? Yeah, that's, yeah Wednesday. that's Wednesday. Liverpool game's Tuesday. Liverpool. Okay, so top two Tuesday, bottom two Wednesday. In order. I don't know why I get confused on that. Uh, so uh, PSG, Real Madrid under two and a half. Also the draw, taking a flyer plus two sixty five, and then Man City and the one where there's no drama after their five nil win. You're taking them win to nil. Looking for the shutout tomorrow against Sporting Portugal minus one to fifty. Sporting Portugal. Thank you, Paul. We'll do all of this again tomorrow morning. How about that? Looking forward to it. See you then. Dress rehearsal. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. At Paul Carr, C A R R on Twitter. Furman hits a three with mere seconds left to tie it up. They get the stop at the other end. We're going overtime in the SoCon Championship. 51 51. Furman in Chattanooga. We'll update all the scores and golf update next. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.